Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Dr. Ian Brooks with Rhodes Smith Consulting. Welcome, Ian. Hey, thanks, Lee. Happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Rhodes Smith Consulting. How are you serving folks? Yeah, sure. So Rhodes Smith Consulting focuses on personal and professional development. Um, I accomplish this through one-on-one group and leadership development coaching. So my clients in the personal development space tend to be successful already, but are searching for expansion and take a detailed interest in moving to new heights. Whereas my group clients tend to be those who may need a little bit more foundational help, specifically around, I'd say, what they want. So these clients tend to benefit from collaborative learnings without the spotlight being solely on them. And finally, my corporate clients in that leadership development place focus on developing frontline and mid-level leaders to build or refine their leadership skills that impact their employees and build skills so that they can grow in expansion to their job titles and expectations. Now, have you found that the corporate world is more welcoming to coaching and and kind of working with coaches for not only the highest level people, but maybe throughout the organization? Um, I have, actually. Um, Working with um, coaches within the organizational space lends itself to how are we delivering upon our ROI? Um, In particular, what's being impacting and how how are we impacting our employees? So as you might imagine, there's a lot more focus directed towards um, organizations bringing in coaches like myself to focus on core competencies such as communication, influencing, how to lead peers, because that has a direct influence on employee retention, the level of engagement, the level of buy-in. And actually, obviously, as we think about development and keeping that knowledge capital within organizations, extremely important components to make sure that leaders across the entire organization have and can actually execute against now, um, on the organizations that aren't kind of using coaching, where do they think these leaders are going to get the skills? Like, do they just think that people come to the table with these kind of leadership skills that they don't need outside help to help them kind of get the most out of themselves? No, I, I don't think there's a, necessarily a limitation that um, organizations that don't use coaches um, or more importantly, where they expect their leaders to, to develop these skills, where they acquiesce that, that knowledge. I think oftentimes it's a a direct result of what is the business focus and where is their dollars going? So most notably, I work with organizations uh, that are startups or that mid-sized organization. So as you might imagine, leaders are are brought in based off of what they know, not how they go about doing it. So in that capacity, they're experts in what they do, experts in being able to deliver things strategically, go after customers, et cetera, whereby they don't necessarily provide that focus towards dollars or attention towards how are they now developing leaders and using skills necessary to navigate an organization beyond what someone knows in a particular silo or from an expansion perspective, as we think about uh, mid-sized organizations or startups. Now, have you seen through your work um, 
kind of the impact a good leader can make as opposed to a person that maybe doesn't have that kind of good leadership skills? Absolutely. Um, a number of instances, both uh, myself as being a former leader, as well as those of whom I coach, um, you can see a direct result and impact, um, both on employee morale, retention, and as important, even that own their individual coachee and their growth and development in the, within the organization. So as an example, for myself as being, being a leader, one, the impact good leadership has on employees, obviously, you think about some of the challenges that organizations go through and the decisions that leaders have to make on behalf and as stewards of an organization don't necessarily take into consideration the employee experience. So as a leader for myself, to my employees, and at that time I had 25 uh, employees, 15 full-time and 10 contractors, it was important to demonstrate good leadership and being a good steward of the organization while also treating and acknowledging their morale and so that they would be willing to stay given some of the transformative actions that were being taken place within the organization as we were working them night and day to get things done and pushing them to their limits. So that importance of engaging them was extremely important on one, minimizing their stress level while also acknowledging the breaks and meeting them as people. Um, I've also seen that as being a, a coach to a number of coaches. Um, from a startup perspective, I was working with a COO um, and impacting his employees. Again, as I mentioned earlier, in that particular scenario, the gentleman was an outstanding individual, really engaging, really wanted to be seen as the nice guy, and was great at what he did, but he wasn't necessarily a good leader. Now, although he was a nice guy, and even his team would say that he was a very nice gentleman, he wasn't a strategic thinker. He did not communicate very well. So as a result, the team felt lost. And as a result of that, they didn't know how they were going to be um, received from a performance evaluation standpoint. They didn't know if they were working on the right projects or when decisions were being made, they didn't know how that decision was being made that was impacting their job. So long story short, in his case, people were on a short list of um, leaving and or transferring to other departments because of that ambiguity of which he was offering, although being a nice guy, wasn't carrying through to them being able to get their job done. And in those particular examples, you do see how leadership can be very influential in the respect of, one, employee retention, but also the morale and actually staying with an organization. And as we've seen over the last year, that's really coming more prominent across all organizations. We start our measure of leaders is now based off of their return on heartbeats rather than return on investment or return on income. Now, in your career, were you always involved in coaching or was this something that came later? Um, actually, I've been involved in coaching in a number of different aspects. Um, I've had an interesting path to get to become a coach. Reason being, um, I actually started my career as a clinical psychologist. So as you might imagine, working in clinical psychology, you're constantly um, acting as a coach. So as a clinical psychologist, I worked in a 24-hour lockdown ward. So this experience offered me the educational and applied experience of psychology to help people become better today than they were yesterday. Now, at one point, I decided in my life that working with, I wanted to work with higher functioning people. So I made a transition in working in organizations and helping them transform. In that context, I then moved into, when I was writing my dissertation, it was focused on the impact leaders have on employees and group performance and their own individual confidence, which I collected at a call center over a six-month period. 
So I've always been about the applied experience of the impact people have on others, most notably leaders, as well as a coach onto others in that clinical psych ward. Um, in that respect, I've had the opportunity to work in a number of organizations, uh, a who's who's list, if you will, um, of to be able to work with leaders, all providing opportunities for increasing either communication for leaders, one being at a large cancer hospital and research center that, trans, um, that I then transferred into a consulting gig um, for a big four consulting firm working with technology changes impacting people across an organization. Um, heck, even in my own journey of growth and learning, it started all with my desire to push myself, not in comparison to other people, but compared to my previous bar. So in my example for myself, I'd often select schools to attend, places to live, and even jobs to, that would push my limits where I'd have to learn about myself while also learning a particular skill to move me forward. That coincided with being a leader and having the opportunity of failure as well as growth to really understand the challenges presented in leading. Um, and all told that my personal journey has led me to some core learnings I bring to my coaching and one heck of a personal journey. So combined with my educational experience, my applied experience, as well as my own journey, um, I've had to work and pleasure of working with some of the great people around this world and organizations to improve individual and professional stories. Now, do you have any advice for that new coach, the person that may be coming from, a, you know, kind of a, a job like you had, mm-hmm. where it's not uh, kind of an entrepreneurial job, you were working uh, with an organization that had a lot of resources, and now you're on your own, you're, mm-hmm. you're the guy that is eat, eat what you kill world, this is yeah. now kind of uh, your path that you're on. How do you make that transition? How do you get those first clients? Like, what are some of the activities you were doing to get yourself ready for this entrepreneurial venture that you're on? A wonderful question. Um, and having uh, made that transition myself and even starting Road Smith with that guise in mind, because um, it can be very vulnerable and, and scary, if you will, to embark upon that path. But from my experience and, and the advice I'd give someone who's looking to make such a transition, the first thing is to establish do you trust yourself? Trust yourself enough that you do have the skill sets to actually move forward. One of the bigger challenges I think many people have going from working internally to actually being an entrepreneur in any space is that vulnerability and that level of safety. Do I have enough clients? Am I making enough money? How are things going to get paid for? You know, where's that landing spot? Um, There's quite a bit of ambiguity, ambiguity. All of those things are true. But what is also true is that you have the skill sets and capabilities to actually make it and carry it forward. I'd say it's the second piece around building the client base, because obviously that's a key component to any entrepreneurship, especially one that is based on relationships, nothing more than what a coach is to their coachee. Part of it is maintaining relationships with, if you want to work with organizations, making sure you have connections with HR professionals those of whom have actually decisions around seeing a much broader perspective of where leadership development programs are instituted and started. The second piece around that relationship would also be around leaders, leaders of whom you've had relationships with and for who may want to carry you forward as being on call um, or creating contracts for them or to their employees from a one-on-one coaching perspective. Now, outside of that leadership development world, as I noted, I also work with individuals who are outside of organizations who are just dealing with um, personal transformations that they're embarking on. 
that also is again built on relationships and people have to be able to trust you enough um, to let you into their world in that respect being seen on social media um, what's the advice that you are offering what is the various institutions of which you're actually speaking at being at colleges or conferences being seen as an expert while also demonstrating trust trust that you have their best interest at heart and knowing that you can take them from where they are today to where they want to be. So for anyone who's looking to embark and make that transition, obviously the one of the key themes here is trust. The second is building the right relationships. And then finally, the last thing I'd say, support. Support is always a key function of starting any entrepreneur endeavor, especially within the coaching space. So don't feel like you have to do everything or you have to be an expert in everything. Recognize what you're good at, but also recognize what you can outsource and or get support to help carry you forward, be it business development, website development, or heck, even using a PR firm or marketing firm to help create visibility for you in different avenues. Now, let's talk a little bit about your book, Intention, uh, Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story. What was the kind of impetus to writing a book? That's a, you know, that's a big job. That's a, a business unto itself. <laughs> yes. And quite, quite frankly, I needed a coach um, in, in, in writing it, quite frankly. And, and you know, it's, it was interesting. My book started off with me jotting down notes around the experiences I was seeing within my coachees. You know, where were they getting hung up the most? Where were they struggling? Where were they consistently asking me questions that we you know, three months down the line that we had talked about at the very outset. And so it was just a diary of questions and points that I was started noting around the experiences of my coaches. To that extent, it was my, my first intention was that it was going to be a guide to that I would leave with my coaches and or others as they are looking to go through numerous changes throughout their own experiences. What I realized after writing my first version of this book, of which um, the current title and, and book is, while it's the first version people have actually seen, the, there was a previous version that I had written that was an audiobook. And what was interesting about that experience of me writing the book, as you mentioned, it was a job in number to itself. It was also a transformative experience for, my, for me, all into itself as well whereby I became not only the author, but I became the client. And it started when I was, went into the booth to actually record the first version of this book in an audio format. Now, as you might imagine from my skill set, being a clinical psychologist, my job then was not to be out in the forefront. It was always to be behind the curtain. You know, obviously, as a clinical psychologist, we're taught to always have the client's interest at heart, put them at the forefront, and we, very, we share very little bit about ourselves. That also fit my personality. So when I went into the booth, I didn't realize I still held on to those, those very ideologies. So I started speaking out loud and, and saying the words and reading the words directly off my book, and I realized that several things came up for me. Number one, I didn't like the content that I was actually writing because I wasn't giving all the information that I needed in order for someone to be successful in picking this book, book up by themselves. That was due because I wasn't allowing myself to actually write the information in a way that it offered that clarity. Given my own fear of judgment, by my own ideology of staying behind the curtain, I was only giving just enough to give people a taste. 
in that, after I conducted that audio book and then hearing the 52 clips of it, I, and I did an audit of myself as though I was coaching myself. And at the end of listening to all of the clips, I said to myself, number one, I can't send this out to anybody because no one would get any benefit out of this. And I'm embarrassed of it, of myself. The second piece of it was, if I had asked myself, if I'm actually going to write this book, am I going to be willing to open up in ways that I have not allowed or afforded myself to do so previously? And if that answer is yes, then we need to write this book in a lot different way in a lot different format. And so as such, um, based on my answering yes to that question, I scrapped the entire audiobook and started writing this book from scratch. And it took me six months to rewrite, rewrite the book. And from that experience, writing the book and hearing myself in that audiobook, that experience afforded me to become the author the book needed me to be, and also to be a client through the experience of my own coaching. Well, those are important lessons unto itself just now, what you said, uh, ignoring sunk costs um, and not getting hung up about what you invested into that project when you weren't satisfied with the way it turned out and you just moved boldly forward and then being vulnerable and opening yourself up and being authentic and generous rather than Mm -hmm. uh, not being that way is a great lesson for your coachees. Absolutely. And um, I think I have gained more experience and awareness of myself and then transformative experience that I now even bring even this authenticity and this voice not only to your listeners, but also to my coaches as well, because we're all going through the experience. Uh, just because I'm an expert at it doesn't mean I'm um, not malleable or, or vulnerable um, in this experience and transformative nature. Now, is there a certain kind of specialty that you have where a person is struggling in certain areas that's kind of a sweet spot for you to help them through? Or is it something that um, if they're struggling in any regard, you're, you're a good resource? Yeah, I'm a good resource in struggling in any regard. Um, I have to say that typically my individual clients outside of the corporate space, um, they tend to, I tend to work with people who want to push themselves to be better. So my coaching style of working combines laughter, partnership, and depth. Um, But my job is to hold individuals accountable, accountable and expand them past where they currently are. And they're typically coming from a place where they're already successful. Um, yet their patterns of their current success are getting in their way of them moving forward. So as an example, one woman approached me as she was feeling a sense of being overwhelmed. Well, in her particular example and case, she was overwhelmed because she was getting ready to retire from a job for 20 years. She was already a clinical therapist and running that business aside from that job, had a third job of starting another business with her family around websites and oh yeah, by the way, she wanted to feel retired and have free time. So in that respect, I was able to work with she on an opportunity to reduce her overwhelm and how to be able to trust and delegate in some ways. On the other hand, I'm working with my corporate clients. They often come to me in the development of better communication skills, leading former peers, leading remotely, engagement, and just talent development. So as an example, I assist, you know, assisted a retail organization, build their internal leadership development culture focused on specific leadership skills. So in that example, I, I've helped develop a monthly group leadership development calls, uh, calls excuse me, focused on new skills. Um, and in this case, driving accountability, having difficult conversations and providing feedback where we were able to engage 
um, leaders across the entire organization remotely, honestly, to drive consistent uh, behaviors and feedback. So to overall, to make it more poignant, my clients tend to come from a place of success, and now we're looking for expansion. And it can vary on what they're looking to expand from and then to. Well, if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you, what's the website? Yeah. Um, those who are looking to reach out to me can come to rhodesmith.com. That's R-H-O-D-E-S-S-M-I-T-H.com. There they can find more information about myself, my individual group and corporate uh, coaching practice, as well as this audio um, file, as well as others where I've been able to share some of my insights, as well as they'll be able to find my book, Intention, Building Capabilities to Transform Their Story, in particular, where to purchase, as well as several reviews on the book itself. Well, congratulations on all the success, Ian. Uh, you're doing important work and we appreciate you. No, oh, thank you for having me, Lee. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.